Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Preacher Podcast, where faith and geek culture collide. I'm John, your resident geeky preacher. So without further ado, let's get into today's show. Now, could y'all please sit tight for 30 seconds for a word from our sponsors. Today's episode comes from part of a live chat that was recorded using the Wisdom app, which is an app you can use to have live stream chats with your followers. If you guys are interested in something like that, please feel free to uh, follow me on that app as well at The Geeky Preacher. I would love to be able to talk with you guys in real time as well. So without further ado, let's move on to the episode today. Hey everyone. So I just wanted to get started with this. This is my first official talk on the app. So hi, thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate that. So I was going to start off with a doozy of something I've been studying the last little bit. It's still a work in progress, so it's not completely done. But I wanted to share this with you guys as kind of an update on what I've been studying here lately with my theological uh, endeavors. So the title is, <coughs> excuse me, get over a cold. The title of this talk is The Three Schools of Thought Concerning Hell Within Orthodox Christianity, which is um, anything that's not considered heretical. So it doesn't mean the Orthodox denomination in and of itself. It's just the three schools of thought that uh, are with that can be you know defended with scripture. And I will give I'm not going to give the proof text or proof verses of each. I'm just going to go over a short history. And uh, with that. Um, there are proof verses, proof texts for each school of thought, which I can share on the Facebook page or on the uh, TikTok or whatever later on down the road. I'm not going to go over each of these in the talk today. Like I said, I'm trying to keep this somewhat short and sweet. So anyway, the three schools of thought concerning hell within the church, uh, church as a whole, again, the orthodox views that can be defended with scripture, or you have infernalism, which is eternal conscious torment. You have annihilationism or conditional immortality. And finally, you have universal reconciliation or apocatastasis, which it teaches that uh, eventually all will be saved. And I'll go over that as we go. So in the early church, all three schools of thought were already being taught within 300 years after uh, Christ's ascension. And, uh, oh, let me get my notes out. So... After a short amount of time, there was three, or not three, geez, six catechistic schools that popped up throughout the region around in and around Israel, which uh, taught, each of the six schools taught one was a center focus point for each of these schools of theology. In eastern Syria, they taught apocatastasis. Alexandria taught apocatastasis. Uh, the, church, the school at Hippo taught infernalism. The school in Asia Minor taught annihilationism. And Caesarea and Antioch both taught apocatastasis. So as you can see, it was the predominantly popular theology of the day. Things kind of changed as church history progressed, and I want to go into that a little bit as we go through the talk as well. So I'm going to go over infernalism first. This is the belief that individuals that do not accept Christ remain in conscious torment for eternity because they died in their sins. This belief has been dominant in the Western Church. It was influenced primarily by Augustine of Hippo. Like I said, that was the school that taught this uh, view predominantly. Um, his work influenced the Church of Rome because Rome was close, or Hippo was the closest school that Rome had. 
the rest were uh, farther east, so they didn't have as quick of access. And it also needs to be said that Augustine never learned how to speak Greek. He literally just read the Latin translations of scripture. So that's another reason why that Hippo was uh, slightly different from the other early denominations or early uh, catechistic schools. Um, after Emperor Justinian decreed Christianity to be the state religion of the empire, at this point in time, all three were being taught, but Justinian, having his seat in Rome, favored the writings of Augustine and the Hippo school of thought and helped to place leaders within the church who helped this view. Eventually, this became the dominant view within the Roman Catholic Church over time. This view was streamlined even more so by Martin Luther when he began the Protestant Reformation and later John Calvin in his writings of the Institutes of the Christian Religion. This view persists today in the majority of Protestant denominations such as Baptist, Methodist, and most Pentecostal churches. Um, for further reading on this uh, viewpoint of hell, I recommend um, The City of God by Augustine, Institutes of the Christian Religion by John Calvin, and uh, there, there's other. I mean, let's face it, that is, like I said, that's the predominant view in the Western Church today. Some popular um, early and modern proponents of this view were Augustine of Hippo, Tertullian, John Calvin, and more modern are John Piper and John MacArthur, some of which you're probably familiar with. So now I'm going to go on to the next uh, the next thought concerning hell, or the next uh, theology concerning hell, and that is conditional immortality. Annihilationism, or conditional immortality, is the belief that rather than being condemned to eternal torment, souls at the last judgment will instead be destroyed completely, leaving only those who put their faith in Christ to inherit eternal life. This was primarily taught in the catechistic school in Asia Minor, or modern Turkey. The school of thought proposes that the uh, I can't talk. Sorry, this school of thought proposes the teaching that since God is just, He must punish sin, but that since God is also loving, He would not leave His creation in torment forever. Rather, in His mercy, will destroy souls at the last judgment. The earliest clear writings about this doctrine came from the early Church Father Arnobius. Um, let me flip my notes over. Like I said, this is a work in progress, so all this is still notes. I haven't actually formally put this into a sermon yet working on that, but I wanted to share this on the app too. Um, some proponents argue that the writings also of Justin Martyr, Arrhenius, and Ignatius of Antioch also supported an annihilationism or conditional immortality. This view fell into obscurity, but not extermination with the rise of Catholicism. They rejected the doctrine, but proponents made their way back into the evangelical space of conversations, specifically during the 1940s and 1960s. However, this, this has been the official view of the Seventh-day Adventist Church since the early 1800s, as well as certain sects within the Church of God, as well as certain sects within the Ang Anglican Church. That's not really a determined amount of time. They can't, we can't really pull anything out of that. Um, some, like I said, some early proponents of this were Arnobius and potentially Justin Martyr. Some more modern proponents of this were Henry Grew, George Storrs, John Stott, Edward Fudge, and some of y'all may know the uh, pastor, Greg Boyd. He's wrote a lot of very uh, theologically helpful books to me, especially over my journey in Christianity over the last few years. Um, I highly recommend uh, checking him out at some time. He's, he's a really good author. Don't necessarily agree with all of his viewpoints, but I thoroughly enjoy some of his books, and they're very challenging. Um, highly encourage you to read those. For further readings on this on this particular school of thought, um, I would recommend reading Evangelical Landscapes, Crit Facing Critical Issues of the Day by John Stackhouse, Satan and the Problem of Evil, Constructing a Trinitarian Warfare Theodicy by Greg Boyd, again, and then The Fire That Consumes by Edward Fudge.
Right. Last but not least, I want to address the uh, the thought uh, called apocatastasis or universal reconciliation within the church, which a lot of theologians are starting to rediscover and put forth as not only a um, orthodox view of hell, but one that is becoming wildly popular within certain sects. So apocatastasis or universal reconciliation is the belief that hell is a restorative place of punishment rather than eternal separation, and that eventually those within will be restored to God through Christ, citing that throughout Scripture, uh, God's punishments were restorative rather than punitive. This particular theology has often been misconstrued as Unitarianism, which states that all roads lead to God, but that is not the case. Um, adherents of apocatastasis strongly disavow this association and acknowledge Unitarianism as heretical, as in unorthodox, and uh, cannot be supported by scripture. Apocatastasis was taught in four of the early six catechistic schools, like we remember earlier, in Eastern Syria, Alexandria, Antioch, and Caesarea. Most prominent teachers of this theology in the early church were Origen, um, the Cappadocian Fathers, Basil, Gregory of Nyssa, and Gregory Nyanzius, Mother Macrina, and Clement of Alexandria. This particular theology has been in discussions in the West since the 1800s, but made headway in the mid-1900s with the writings of Hans Urs von Balthasar, as well as others. Um, Hans Urs von Balthasar wrote a book called Dare We Hope That All Men Be Saved. And that kind of opened the floodgates for a lot more of the conversation to occur. Um, let's see, in more recent years, there have been writings, as in addition to Hans Urs von Balthasar, in the 21st century, we have had writings from David Bentley Hart, Brian Zond, Chris Green, and many other uh, well, and Bradley Jersick as well. I forgot to mention him. He's an Eastern Orthodox theologian. Um, he has also written books on this, one of which I recommend and further down in the notes here called Her Gates Will Never Be Shut, which I highly recommend y'all read as well. I recommend y'all read all of these. Like any book that I've recommended so far in this talk, I have already read. So this is, like I said, this is a work in progress. I'm still working on the sermon aspects of this, but uh, I, I hope that this, I hope that this produces thought, produces conversation. Um, I believe that all three of these are orthodox and can be taught within the church, and that all three should should be taught within the church because um, they can be defended with Scripture. And I know only one is correct, but rather than condemning people that believe slightly differently about these discussions or about these thoughts and whatever you want to call them, um, this gives us the opportunity to have conversation and see how people interpret scripture differently because different denominations, both East and West, will inter look at the same scripture and can look at it differently. So anyway, sorry to get off track there. I'm really bad about that. So early proponents and some modern proponents of this as well. Origen, Clement of Alexandria, Gregory of Nyssa, Maximus the Confessor, and then more modern, you have David Bentley Hart, G.K. Chesterton, Brad Jersick, and George MacDonald, some of you might know as uh, C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien's mentor um, in both fantasy writing and theology. The uh, His Untitled Sermons series, I think, would be good for some people to listen to or read as far as that goes. So for further reading on this particular uh, school of thought, I can recommend On the Soul and Resurrection by Gregory of Nyssa, On First Principles by Origen, That All Shall Be Saved by David Bentley Hart. Her Gates Will Never Be Shut by Brad Jersick, and Dare We Hope That All Shall Be Saved by Hans Urs von Balthasar. 
All right, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to my first ever talk. Um, it's been fun. Uh, if you guys have any questions, feel free to hit me up in the Ask Me Anything section, and I'll be more than happy to hope elaborate more on what we've discussed so far. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode of the Geeky Preacher Podcast. I thoroughly appreciate and love each and every one of you. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, please feel free to shoot me a message on the Facebook page or um, on your favorite podcasting app. And please write and review us so other listeners can potentially find this podcast. Um, Thank you and may the Lord bless you and keep you. Keep his face shining upon you and be gracious towards you. I pray that you have a great day, you are blessed, and you understand that you are fully loved by Jesus Christ and our Father God. Thanks, peace and love, y'all.